what's up everything you know what's up it's just that one thing we've all been talking about all day so let's get started and let's go blue Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Wednesday, July twentieth, and uh, Ian, there's nothing to talk about, is there? We've got nothing. We've got there's absolutely nothing. nothing to talk about relating to the Blues or anyone else in hockey. Um, so, you know, how's your day going? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, normally, normally it would be nothing, right? There would be nothing going on on yeah, July twentieth. But- but that's not Brad Trilliving style. So um, that's right. Obviously, it's no secret to anyone listening to this that um, the St. Louis Blues—well, not the St. Louis Blues, but the um, Jeremy Rutherford actually breaking the story today, um, reporting basically that it seems like um, all things are pointing towards Matthew Kachuk's time in Calgary being officially over uh with his refusal to sign a long-term contract extension i think uh you know i don't know obviously behind the scenes what's going on necessarily but i think it's pretty fair to assume that they kind of went to kachuk and said hey listen you know we get that you have your rights here and you can do whatever you want but you just have to give us a decision now because we can't keep you if um you know if you're if you're gonna leave as a free agent like Johnny Gaudreau just did in a couple of years. Um, So, you know, I think that probably factored heavily into the situation and, you know, as a big part of why this came about, but the news kind of started trickling in yesterday. And then officially today, we got the breaking news report from Jeremy Rutherford that he would be probably parting ways and moving on to a new destination this summer that report came with a list that has i believe since been refuted of the teams that he would potentially consider which Mm -hmm. was the st louis blues the dallas stars the nashville predators the vegas golden knights and the florida panthers um and um i think even jr himself said yeah i was going off kind of old information i had uh and you know i'd like to withdraw that um It's huge news because, you know, Matthew Kachuk is a superstar. uh, And I don't think there's any other way to say it. He's he's potentially one of the biggest young stars in the game. Probably, I mean, I'm tempted to say both he's underrated and overrated in some respects, because I think think there's a tendency to over... Uh, overrate him somewhat because of the hitting and the, you know, the attitude and the grindiness and all that sort of stuff. Um, But I think there's a tendency then on the flip side to really underrate just how good and skilled he is. Um, And uh, you know, 40 plus goal score last year, whether or not that stays true playing for, you know, a different team, not on Johnny Gaudreau's line, you'd still, assume 30 plus and, you know, 20, what's it, 23 right now, Um, maybe 24, let me look it up, 24 currently, 
Um, so just just entering the prime of his career, good two way forward. I mean, he's phenomenally good. And it's one of those interesting situations where it seems like we've been talking about, oh, yeah, Matthew could check to the blues ha, 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 for like two or three years. And now that it's like a thing, it's all that much harder to believe and wrap your mind around. And of course, there's no guarantee that he comes here. Um, there's, you know, a lot that we'll talk about and kind of unpack as, as we go through this, but Ian, before I blabber on anymore, what are your initial thoughts on the situation and the news that broke today? I'm just surprised that it's, that it's, I don't know, happening, that it's here, that it's, it's happening so quickly, I guess, given everything that's going on with Matthew Kachuk, it makes sense, you know, given the fact that he's an RFA, um, that he could sign his qualifying offer and then just walk himself free agency in a year. Um, it all makes sense, but it just seems like these sorts of fun things for the Blues don't happen, or I should say where there's a lot of smoke sometimes uh, that kind of gets doused every once in a while. Like it seems like Doug Armstrong goes out and he does things um, under the radar, right? Like uh, Bushnevich trade, um, the Ryan O'Reilly, there was smoke there, but like all of a sudden that happens at sort of like the 11th hour on uh, the UFA day or whatever it was in 2018. Like these sorts of things don't have a slow roll up to the Blues just doing it. But at the same time, this feels like inevitable. I don't know. I don't know. It's inevitable that he gets traded, and I'm trying to temper my myself a little bit, but it also feels like it's just too perfect of a marriage between him and the Blues. I get there's obviously um, cap issues and what happens, you know, what does Calgary want in a trade? Do the Blues have what Calgary wants? All that stuff that we can talk about here in a sec, but it's like there are paths for the blues. I think that's a big thing, right? I feel like a lot of people that are trying to throw water on this, even other blues fans are like, well, there's just no way they just mm-hmm. look at the cap as it is today. And they look at our team, they look at Matthew Chuck and they go, well, there's just no way you can't fit them in. And it's like, there's, there's definitely some ways. And as much as that's we kind true of, of also true, excuse me for interrupting, but that's also true of every other team on his supposed list. Right, right. And almost all competitive teams that he'd even enter. Let's let's assume his list is 12 teams. Like all the competitive teams are at or close to the cap right now. Mm. Dallas isn't, but they've got Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger on sign. So if that's 11 million right there, minimum, mm-hmm. you know, like there's no way these teams, Nashville, you know, doesn't have space and they're getting old and expensive and all sorts of stuff. So it's like somebody's going to have to move some cap to make this work. And somebody's mm. gonna, you know, <laughs> like, sorry. Exactly. I no, I mean, it's just, it. it's just kind of like the, the cadre cadre sitting out there as you right now, like, is just no one going to sign cadre because they don't have the cap space. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they're just waiting to make the move to get cap space. It's the same thing with Kachuk. Like, obviously Calgary doesn't, find what they want they can just they can just have them for the one year um hope for the best of the out of the season maybe move them at the deadline if they're not in the playoffs or whatever but it's like they have to move them now for anything and they and they can't that here's the thing if it was any other team in any other season 
they could do what a lot of teams do, what the, what the Blues have done in recent memory. Walk them to free agency, go, we tried our best to with this asset. We tried to make it work for one last season. It didn't. We didn't win the cup, yada, yada. Okay, he's going to walk. But they cannot do that this summer or next summer. They cannot because they just lost Johnny Gaudreau that way. Like, it's – they – Cannot. They can, but they cannot <laughs> lose him for nothing. Yeah. They have to trade him. They have to trade him this summer. I've never um, never really seen, like, just a random – well, I guess not a random reporter, but um, Eric Francis, who reports for them for Sportsnet, I've never seen, like, just a reporter, beat reporter, be like, you know what, this trade's happening in the next week. Like, just report a trade like that emphatically. But it makes sense because it's like they're just – they have to move them and they have to do it soon because they have to recoup assets they have to to make this not drag out like they it's just it's already so bad in calgary just losing johnny gaudreau like if you mess up the matthew kachuk trade it's i mean it's already gonna suck that he's leaving for them but like yeah you've got to get something yeah i mean brad i i i don't feel bad for brad Trilliving because i don't think he's especially good at his job but I also feel like that dude's lost his job for circumstances that are beyond his control. I mean, there's right. no way he keeps his job after Kachuk and Gaudreau walk out the door. And it's really not his fault that neither of them wanted a long-term future in Calgary. <laughs> like, mm. um, I, I, they can't lose him for free. They just can't. And this isn't a situation you know, I really would hate to see us lose Vladimir Tarasenko for free and not get anything for him. And, you know, let's just take the Kachuk trade off the table entirely, like not hmm. move him, lose him for free and, you know, move on from there without him. I would hate that. And I'd especially hate that after losing Petrangelo and Schwartz and Perron. And I feel like somebody else in there that I'm forgetting for free. Done. It's done. You yeah. know, like that piles up, but we'd still be a pretty good team with a pretty healthy future, even if Tarasenko walked for free next year. Mm. Um, the fly flames are destitute <laughs> if, if Kachuk and Gaudreau both walk for free. They made the mistake. I think they're probably especially cautious, and I'm sure they're thankful um, for Kachuk for being honest with them of, you know, just saying that he's out and he's done because they they have to be especially cautious after the pain and heartbreak they went through with Gaudreau. Um, I just think it's, uh, it's, you know, it's a situation where they can't possibly win. Um, so all they've got to try and do now is not lose as badly as they might otherwise, you know, mm-hmm. um, which does kind of suck. I don't really, you know, I'm not really here reveling in the flames misfortune, but I will take advantage of that misfortune. Oh, yeah. if the boys get the opportunity. Well, yeah. I'll take Matthew Chuck all day, but I do feel bad for the flames. It's like, imagine, I don't know. I was going to say, imagine losing a rally in Tarasenko in like the same summer, which could be next summer, but like yeah. not even that, honestly, because I don't think they're as big impact and quite as young. I would almost say it's like losing Cairo and Thomas, mm-hmm. like just gone. Yeah. You'd be yeah. like, what are we supposed to do now? We have other prospects, but these are like, are there's, you lost two thirds of your top line of your line mm-hmm. that like, Two of your players, you know, won 100 points. Like, could Chuck get 100 points last year? Or yeah. was he 
it's like yep. Jesus Louise, man. I yeah. yeah, I feel bad for him. I really do. And like you said, like it's just it ends up being something where it's like this is a team that did amazing last year. They sure they lost their provincial rivals in the second round. They only won one game, but at the same time, you would think just running it back, maybe making a few tweaks, and they'd be right back in it. They'd push the Oilers, whatever. It'd be fun. But it's like you lose Goudreau, you lose Kachuk, and you just start just wondering, like, man, what? Why? Like, why? I know we know why Johnny Goudreau left us for family and everything, but you're just uh, like, man, it's, I also got to believe is it? It's got to be something in Calgary just not going well behind the scenes either because if if i will if you say believe like, in that franchise you got to think like well maybe i will stick around you know yeah i'm really not into the um you know the why columbus stuff but i will say if you're a calgary flames fan i can accept you asking that a little right. more because how it's one thing to lose him to the flyers where you know he wants to play or even the devils that are so close to home but Columbus, who's not as good as you, you know, if, if if the Flames kept Kachuk, I'm not sure that they wouldn't be better than Columbus this year with Goudreau, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. not as good as you, nowhere near as hockey crazy, you know, just a completely different environment. That's hard, and that says something about something. I don't know what. I don't. I really don't, and I'm not even trying to be joking. Like, I don't know what part of the Calgary – organization that condemns whether people mm-hmm. are tired of playing in the old saddle dome or whether they're um you know just calgary's a crap city or the management sucks or the coaching sucks or whatever but like that's that sucks and um mm-hmm. you know it's uh definitely not something that they can take lightly or just you know assume is going to get better um so let, let me actually read what Eric Francis, this, this is where this all kind of started, was Eric Francis coming on our humble little um, ESPN 101. And by the way, I don't think we're making a big enough deal out of the fact that like this story is being broken in St. Louis. Like mm-hmm. I know Matthew Kachuk is here in the off season or, you know, at least parts of it, but you know, it's, it's hard to ignore that the people are talking to his agents and his representatives and they're in St. Louis, you know, the, this mm-hmm. story was broken on 101 ESPN. And then today, Jeremy Rutherford, who, you know, I, I love, but is not one of those kind of top tier gets everywhere, gets his nose and everything kind of athletic reporters um, is the one to break the story on the athletic about the actual trade. So Eric Francis from Sportsnet came on 101 ESPN with BK and Ferrario. And he said, I do believe that it's very likely that Matthew Kachuk has informed the Calgary Flames that he is not interested in signing a long-term deal. Uh, what the Flames did yesterday, Monday, they filed for arbitration. Matthew Kachuk did not file for arbitration a couple of days earlier. Instead, the team did it. And most people say, well, why would you do that? Matthew Kachuk just came off a 42 gold year, 104 points surely in arbitration he's going to make more than the nine million dollar qualifying offer he could sign and that is true this will cost more but they did it to protect against an offer sheet even if there was a one-year trade offer and or one-year offer sheet and the flames matched it the problem is they can't trade him for an entire year due to offer sheet rules and then he'd walk into free agency next year the calgary flames have done this to buy more time more than anything uh it's pretty clear to me that the two are parting ways and it's a long-term deal can't be signed by Matthew Kachuk. I do believe this 
trade will be wrapped up within the week, I think the haul is going to be massive. Um, so that covers the why and the who a little bit. Um, you know, the Flames put out that public statement about deciding to um, go to arbitration with him, which was kind of an admission of what was going on too, I think, to a certain mm-hmm. extent. And, oh, excuse me. Uh, woo, sorry about that. Uh, here, we, <laughs> here we are now on the precipice of a trade. Now the question becomes, how can the Blues uh, get this guy? And or any other team, but I think actually let's start with the other teams because um, even if that list of teams, you know, isn't one that has actually been provided to uh, the flames as like the actual teams he'll accept. When you look around the league, the Knights can't possibly do this. Even the Knights (laughs) can't possibly find a way, you know, short of actually just trading Jack Eichel to the flames uh to um you know make this move happen um the florida panthers are in even worse shape than the knights um in terms of you know long-term cap situation short-term cap situation they've got three million they've got a lot of high-paid guys they don't have the moves to make this happen unless they traded a huberdo or somebody that they probably don't want want to lose and um you know, wouldn't be that good for Calgary anyway, because um, he's on a one-year deal. The Stars have those two big contracts coming for Robertson and uh, Ottinger, and that will put them, you know, they have $11.4 million in space right now, but you figure Robertson's got to make eight-ish minimum, you know, if it's a long-term deal, even if it's a bridge deal, it's probably six. And Ottinger is probably looking at a two or three year deal for 3 million, you know, to try and bridge that gap of being as good as he was last year versus not, um, you know, versus not making him unpayable. Um, so I, you know, when somebody says, well, the blues have this, this or this problem again, just to reiterate a point we already made, everybody has all those problems. <laughs> the teams, the teams that had the cap space, to get this done are the teams he'd never accept a trade to. Like, I'm sorry, I see you out there, Sabres fans. He's not coming there and resigning. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know why you would set yourself up for this. And the Flyers, it's like if you guys couldn't clear space to get Johnny Gaudreau for free, you think you're going to clear the space to get Matthew Kachuk and then pay the assets to also get Matthew Kachuk? And Toronto, I don't think he'd ever... I can't imagine him re-signing in Toronto if he wants to leave Calgary this badly. And I don't know why they'd give up, you know, what they'd even give up to get him. They pretty much have to include Nylander and other people. Um, So, yeah, you look around the league and you look at players that could be moving and or teams that could make this happen. And it's either teams that are poverty franchises uh, that, you know, aren't going to be able to, convince him to stay there or it's teams that um you know are in some more situations to the blues so that brings us to the blues how can they possibly make this work they're already pressed up against the salary cap pretty hard they have six hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars in projected cap space uh 1.5 million if you include the um 
you know, money they'll save by putting Torpchenko on long-term IR. Um, they have, uh, oh, I forgot. Oh, they have all their RFAs signed. That's what I was going to say. You start to look at what could make this happen. And the thing about the thing that I find a little silly about finding, pretending the blues can't make this happen is that they have one player that very obviously wants, you know, is a very obviously tradable asset making 7.5 million this season. So whether you trade Tarasenko to directly to um, Calgary or whether you trade him somewhere else to get assets that you would then send to Calgary or like you make that an active three-team trade, he's obviously a piece you can send out to make this happen. And I think if we're, you know, we've talked about this a lot. If you're down Tarasenko and Perron on offense and up Matthew Kachuk, are you better off? Probably. Or if you're down those two plus Jordan Cairo, are you better off? Maybe not next year, but Maybe you make another move or maybe you just say, I don't care. We just got Matthew Kachuk and Robert Thomas locked up for eight years as our, um, the core of our offense. And we'll figure it out. You know, we'll be a little less good this year and let Jake neighbors learn and have a couple of guys grow and mature and figure it out from there. Um, so if you talk about Tarasenko's money, you could find, you know, I'm, I am certain that you can trade assets to, get Marco Scandella off the books if you needed to, or you can, you know, he's a player that the flames would probably take, you know, if you pay a little extra to get him off, we've talked about the possible trade interest in Tory Krug. He's got a 15 team, no trade list. You presume anytime I see anybody has as, you know, a six team or more, no trade list. I assume that all the Canadian teams are on it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Seven right there. But, uh, even if, you know, even if he wouldn't wait for Calgary, you could always get creative and trade him elsewhere. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. I'm saying I don't think this is that hard to imagine how this happens. You know, I don't think people who say, well, the Blues just don't have the cap space. It's like we don't have the cap space to do a lot of things that we've done historically, you know, so we make it work like all good teams do. And I think if if the Golden Knights can do some of the things they've done and the um, lightning can do some of the things they've done, then the blues can certainly pull this off. But what are your thoughts on the issue? I mean, I think if there's a GM that can do this, it's Doug Armstrong. Like, I think he has the ability to be able to clear cap space in one way. Um, you know, if we can't, can't uh, trade dollars for dollars in Calgary, I think he's going to be able to make a trade in one place and then be able to wheel and deal um, to get Kachuk here. I think people, fans have said, you know, you trade Tarasenko somewhere, you trade Kairu and pieces to Calgary to Kachuk. Are you really that much better um, with Kachuk, but without Kairu and Tarasenko? And maybe you're, maybe it's not a hundred percent better or it's leaps and bounds better, but if there's like, a player that's not named Matthews or McDavid that might even count for two other whole players, even ones like Tarasenko and Cairo. I'm probably being overstating a little bit here, but it could be Matthew Chuck and what he brings to your team. Um, and really, honestly, what you're trading when it comes to lineup spaces, right, is really just trading Cairo for Kachuk, like when it comes to who's in your lineup, because Tarasenko 
is not playing here past this year. I would love him to. It'd be great if he stayed. It'd be great if he took a little less money and stayed here and blah, blah, blah. It's not happening. The guy's leaving. He's either let being me, traded this summer or he's leaving next summer. Let me interrupt for just a second and just say, he's not staying here even if he wants to be here. We don't have the money. Like, even if we don't keep, even if mm-hmm. we don't get Kachuk, Kairou's still here. We still need to sign Kairou and O'Reilly before we sign Tarasenko. We're not going to let O'Reilly walk and then sign Tarasenko. I just think that's nonsense talk. So, like, that dude is gone one way or the other. And I don't mm-hmm. want that either, but it's just the function of reality. Right, exactly. It's like he's just going to be gone. So whether or not you get assets for him, he's just not going to be here anymore. So I think that's almost like takes care of itself. So really what you sit there and you go, well, are we better with Kachuk? Are we better with Kairou? And I like Jordan Kyra. We've been trumpeting that guy since we drafted him. Um, mm-hmm. And if the Kachuk trade doesn't happen and Kyra's here the rest of his career or whatever, next seven, eight years, great. He's a great player. But that's one of those things where, like, you could be, um, you know, a top 10 player and Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews is still be better than you. So, like, Kyra's a great player. Matthew Kachuk still probably brings a little bit more than Jordan Cairo. Not as fast as Jordan Cairo, that's for sure. Maybe he doesn't have quite the pizzazz that Jordan Cairo might have throughout the rest of his career compared to Kachuk. But Kachuk does have hands. Kachuk does, obviously, what people love in St. Louis. He does hit. He scores goals. I mean, he scored 42 goals. That's one more goal, two more goals, than Tarasenko has ever scored in any of the seasons he's ever had in the NHL. Like, I know he was on a great line with Lindholm and with Goudreau, but, like, you can't just be anybody and score those goals, right? Like, even if you're with superstars, you can put Josh Levo up there and he's not scoring 42 goals. So, like, it's he's an outstanding player. He's what people have called online, um, like, a unicorn. Like, I think even – I think it was Eric Francis was saying, like, he's very comparable to, like, a Brad Marchand, if you will, in terms of, like, his whole skill set of just being a pest, but also being highly skilled, being able to score goals, being able to make plays. Um I just don't know that if it's there and you can do it, I don't think it's a matter of like, well, do we want to? I think it's a, I think that's just a yes. If you can do it, you just pull the trigger. But the, the obviously the only thing is, are there going to be other willing combatants? Or are you going to be able to find somebody that you can trade Tarasenko to? Because he's not going to Calgary. He's not waving his no trade clause to Calgary. Are you going to find a package that makes sense for Calgary? Um, I know the Blues or JR, I don't know who it was that was tweeting that basically uh, Colton Pareko, Robert Thomas, and Jordan Cairo were like untouchables or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I totally get that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if Colton Pareko is actually untouchable, but like I get the other two. But again, if it takes Jordan Cairo to get Matthew Kachuk, I'm, I'm doing that. It's a matter of what else you're adding on. Are they asking like, Kairou and Bullduke and a first and another first and something, you know, and it just keeps adding going on and on and on. It's like, well, now we're getting the territory. This is, this is slightly too much, but I mean, I'm willing to do Kairou and, and Bullduke in a first, I think like, really, I think that's, I think that's okay. Like I, I like what Bullduke has shown, uh, you know, in his junior career and and then these like rookie camps and stuff. But again, he's just a prospect. Kyrou obviously has come into his own, but you've seen what Matthew Kachuk can do. He's had a greater 
time to do it has shown it more. Um, and then, yeah, the first is like, well, you're not really rebuilding anyway. So might as, might as well go for it. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's the shiny new toy syndrome. I mean, but it's like, if you can get Matthew Kachuk, you got to do it, man. That guy is so good. I don't think people realize how good he is. I think they just think sometimes that he's smash man that scores, but I'm like, he's, he's more than that. He's a phenomenal two-way forward. I really think I, I will die on this hill and I might look like an idiot um, to say this and I might be proven wrong in hopefully, hopefully 30 minutes. I'd love to break this news on the podcast, but more probably 24, 48, 72 hours, 190 hours. I don't know. But I really think the Blues can get this done without math, without uh, Jordan Cairo involved. It might gut the rest of your prospect pool. Mm. Um, but I just don't, here's the thing. We know that the reports of the five team list are false. We don't know what the list is. The list might just be St. Louis. I know that that's unthinkable to blues fans and I'm not trying to put false hopes in people's heads there's no guarantee that he comes here, um, but I don't. I also don't know why Matthew Kachuk has no incentive to say, "I'll go anywhere." You know, he can control his destination entirely. Right. And if St. Louis is where he wants to be for his career, where he gets to play in his hometown take on his father's legacy, which he's openly said before, like he's not afraid to do that. He wants to do that. And he wants to, you know, surpass his father and um, play alongside his best friend online for the next eight years. He can, he can make that happen. And whether or not it's myth whether or not he said, I'm only signing with St. Louis or I'll sign with these three or four teams or whatever, like the list isn't big and the flames don't have that much leverage. There aren't, there's nobody else who can give you a Jordan Cairo because there aren't that many Jordan Kairos that exist. So if push comes to shove and they say, we like Dallas's package better, but we'll make it, you know, if it's Cairo, sure. But I honestly think the position Calgary is in, they don't have a right to demand Cairo. They have a right to get, as much as they can get, given the circumstances, we don't know the whole circumstances, but I do think Armstrong should jealously guard Kairou because if you've got those, those three dudes in their early 20s to be your core for eight years, you got nothing else to worry about. You know, I mean, you're, you're talking about the best young core in the NHL pretty, or pretty closely if you add Buchnevich into that and you know, whoever else you want to think about. Um, it's just, you know, we don't know. We don't know the situation, but uh, like like you said, I would absolutely trade Cairo if that's what it takes, but I would not be shocked at all if the Blues pulled this off and Cairo wasn't involved because I just think the Flames aren't in that much of a position to demand certain results from this trade you know mm-hmm. um with that said you know anything to me is on the table except robert thomas literally any other asset in our organization is on the table um 
it just doesn't make sense to trade Robert Thomas. I would, you know, I'm not even saying that Robert Thomas is necessarily better than Matthew Kachuk, but if you bring Kachuk here and don't have Robert Thomas, like, what are you doing? You know? So, um, I would absolutely trade Pareko. That's laughable that he's the third untouchable to me, but, um, you know, not that I don't even like him, but, um, just age wise and contract wise, I can't imagine why you would say he's untouchable, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just think I really don't want to be the guy saying, I don't see how this doesn't happen because I don't like being in that situation. I don't like being vulnerable to be to being hurt, Ian. I don't want my feelings hurt. I know. It's like But it's with that caveat in place, I don't see, I just don't see how this doesn't happen. I don't. If this was any other team and any other, if this was a guy who wanted out, who was from Toronto, would we be pretending that other teams had a shot to get him? You know, no, mm. we would. If, if this, we didn't pretend that other teams had a shot to get Johnny Goodrow two weeks ago. We were talking about, well, it's Philly or New Jersey. It's one of the, you know, it's, mm. and, and, you know, if it was Philly, if Philly's calf situation wasn't as bad, we probably would have only been saying Philly. Right. Um, when Steven Stamkos and John Tavares were free agents, it's like, okay, well, it's, it's Toronto or they're staying where they are. You know, like mm-hmm. you talk about other teams because you have to, as the media, you have to do that. You know, Pierre-Luc Dubois is another example. It's like, well, he's going to Montreal. If he moves, he's going to Montreal because he's French Canadian and that's where he's going to go because he's from Montreal. It's just like you talk about other teams because you have to have something to talk about. But in my mind, it doesn't make sense for him to go anywhere else when he controls his fate. You know, I don't know why he if if the Blues are going to make an offer that's serious, which you have to assume they are. I don't know why I wouldn't go there. I want to read some from this athletic article because I think it broke it down really well. It's just by the athletic staff. It said what we know about Matthew Kachuk not wanting to sign long-term in Calgary. Um, What's the timeline for Kachuk in the flames? Eyes moved to Kachuk in his contract situation. Once it was announced, Gudar would join the Blue Jackets. Uh, He could become an unrestricted free agent. A trade is likely to happen before his arbitration date, which will be scheduled between July 27th and August 11th. Now that Kachuk's desires are known, questions for the Flames will shift to whether the club needs to rebuild or retool. Um, Why did the Flames elect to take Kachuk to arbitration uh, was to give them more time. What will the Flames plan be post Kachuk? If the Flames do trade Kachuk, a lot will depend on whether they can har- what they can harvest for his rights in turn. Even after a year from unrestricted free agency, even a year away from unrestricted free agency, he should command a significant package, something along the lines of what the Buffalo Sabres were able to extract for Jack Eichel. But he shouldn't if he's not going to sign with that team. That's the problem with that logic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is key. Presumably, Kachuk's preferred destination would be his hometown of St. Louis, a team that would need to move out a significant salary in order to pay Kachuk whatever he will eventually command. A salary of $9 million per season is the starting point. 
Calgary's always tries to stay in win now mode. So they'd likely take on Tarasenko's money as long as the Blues also include a young producing NHLer such as Jordan Cairo and maybe a prospect along the line of Jake Neighbors. The Blues have a lot of money committed to their defensive core, but it's hard to imagine the Flames taking on Tory Krug because he's too pricey and it's not an urgent area of need at the moment. The other strategy for Calgary, and again, keeping in mind the issue, yada, 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 is that they might try to get players in return that are under contract for longer periods. That uh, That's what suddenly would make the Devils contenders, too. Um, and then they say, as long as the Flames have Markstrom and Gold Sutter behind the bench and Murray Edwards is the controlling interest in the ownership group, there will be limited interest in a scorched earth rebuild. Um they talk about what, how big of an impact Kachuk has on the Flames, what would take Kachuk out of, why would Kachuk want out of Calgary, which teams might be interested. They looked at seven possible options. Uh, the Blues are the obvious, again, they say, the Blues are an obvious destination considering it's where he grew up and where his father, Keith, spent nine years as an NHLer. Teams like the Predators, Red Wings, and Devils were also listed as options. But this is the paragraph I think is really important. If the Blues are the preferred destination, how could they make a trade work? It wouldn't be easy. The Blues are currently over the 82.5 million salary cap. So the addition of Kachuk, which isn't what um, Cap Friendly currently says, by the way. So I'm not sure what their math is on that versus Cap Friendly's. Um, but... Uh, the Blues are currently over the $82.5 million salary cap, so the addition of Kachuk would have to be a dollar-for-dollar dollar deal. That would mean that means the Blues would have to move enough players to fit in Kachuk's salary, which will be at least $9 million. The player probably most coveted about Calgary would be Kairou, but his salary is just $2.8 million in 2022-23, so it'll take more than that. Could it include Krug, Tarasenko? Both of those players have no trade clauses. Blues GM Doug Armstrong would have to get creative, but if Kachuk says he wants to play in his hometown of St. Louis, the club will do everything it can to make it work. Um, those answers were compiled by Haley Salvian, Jeremy Rutherford, Eric Duhatchik, Shana Goldman, and Dom LeCision. Um, you can tell that Jeremy Rutherford is probably the one answering that last question. Um, and I think that the Blues will do everything it can to make it work is really all you need to hear. They want this guy. He wants to be here. I know we don't want to get our hopes up unnecessarily, but I just, I think it's going to happen. I mean, it's crazy to think that it could happen, but I think it's going to happen. And I don't like being in that position and being vulnerable, but here we are. Any more thoughts here? I just want, I want this saga to be over. I feel like the saga just started and I'm already want to get off Matthew Kachuk's Oh yeah. Ride. I can't, I can't live like this for sure. I no cannot one, possibly. No, no one can live like this too, because I feel like, I feel like in two days, everything about this scenario has been talked about. And yet tomorrow there will be a tweet about something new. That's not anything crazy, but it'll be like Matthew Kipchuk's friend says Matthew's looking to move to the Midwest or something. And people will be like, oh, my God. And then there'll be people being like, that's not true. You know, Nashville's in the Midwest. He's going to go to Nashville. It's just going to be nonstop. I see people of teams that have no hope of getting Matthew Kipchuk. I mean, as jokes, but they're like, what could we do to get Matthew Kipchuk? I don't know that I've seen this 
many fans of different teams just been being in on this discussion of one player. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys, you know, sometimes a whole league takes the piss out of like, ah, Johnny Gaudreau went to Columbus, haha, Calgary. Why did he do that? You know, sort of thing. But like, I've, you just never hear like every single fan base jokingly or not be like, how do we get this player at the exact same time? <laughs> it's kind of wild. You, I mean, you just don't see a guy who's 24 uh, and a general, you know, a, maybe not a generational talent, but an extremely good player, an elite player get moved that young. You know, it's 28, it's 27, 28 when they're UFA. Um, yeah. So this is like, this is like, Hey, do you want like an amazing player in the best part of his career right now? <laughs> uh, and everyone's like, yes, please. So yeah, if they could just get this done by tomorrow, that'd be great. Um, yeah. Or preferably tonight still, you know, yeah, still, the, the still young. It's eight, it's eight Oh nine over in Calgary. It's fine. That's right. That's right. It doesn't it's, go down no, it's there. Seven Oh nine, isn't it? And then all the way, or is it mountain time? No, it's mountain time. I hate that. I don't like that. <laughs> I hate um, that for them. Mountain uh, Mountain Time's gonna be the place where the fewest people live, right? Gotta be. Yeah. Oh, for in sure. terms of like US, US uh, yeah. times. If we're not counting whatever the frick Alaska's in or whatever Hawaii's in. Mainland time zones. Okay, that's all I got. Uh Eric Francis. <laughs> Man, he's trying to break the internet today. Uh, He tweeted, Toronto is a different animal than Calgary, but if you're a Maple Leafs fan and you don't think the threat of Austin Matthews leaving white compatriots, Goudreau and Kachuk is real, you're kidding yourself. At this time next year, the club will need to know his intentions. Goddamn. So we're going to get Austin Matthews too? (laughs) That's right. Holy crap. Matthew Kachuk, Matthews, Matthews. Kairou and Thomas. We don't even need a defense, baby. We're going to use the Maple Leafs model that works. So well. I think this is better than my 50-50 prediction for John Tavares coming here. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think it's even higher. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I want this over. Not because I'm i enjoying the ride, but I'm not. And I want to get off. Um, it will be sad when it's over, just in, no matter where it goes, just in the sense that like the, it'll essentially be the summer. Like this, this kind of revamped everything that happened last Wednesday, because it's like UFA is all signed. Okay, now it's boring summertime, but oh, this week is Kachuk time. And it's like always traded to wherever. And if it's here, it's still exciting. But in, within a week, it'll be kind of like, and now we're in, now we're in the doldrums. So give us one last firework. Give us one last hurrah, Matthew. Do it. Come here. Join us. Come. come. Yeah, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Don't, I can't even think about that song right now. Um, Remember when we thought that for Paul Stasny? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we wasted that on Paul Stasny. <laughs> <laughs> we also, Paul Stasny. We also then again. go out and sign Paul Stasny. <laughs> oh, my God. What a fun tweet we, that would be. Just be oh, like my we God. Sign, we signed like the hometown, hometown boy. Counter. Hometown boy coming home. We're like, <gasps> oh, it's oh Paul Stasny. <laughs> And then, like the boys have signed Paul Stastny to a one-year $950,000 contract. Welcome back, oh. Paul. That's not true, Paul. That's um, all I got, though. Folks, we ain't trading Pavel Vucinavich in this trade. He's too damn good and too uh, damn cheap. People are starting to just sort of like 
spiral. swing of anything. Yeah, like, like it's either Cairo. It, like if it's not just prospects and futures, it's Cairo and it's Tarasenko. Like that's those are the names. Right. You don't have to pretend. You know, I mean, I could see like a barbershop being involved because he's young and scored twenty five goals, and you know, is mm. is a player we probably can't keep next year anyway. But like, you don't have to like jump through hoops to imagine the players that we could trade. You could name every team player on the roster, but there's kind of no point to that, you know. So, um, let's talk about some other hockey news while we wait um, for this it's trade to break. break. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna drag this. This episode's gonna be five hours long. That's right. Uh, we will we will stream until Matthew Kachuk is traded here. One of the progenitors of this move, Johnny Gaudreau heading to Columbus. We did talk about this last week um, when we did our uh, free agent episode, but we didn't dive deep into it. Uh, you know, he signed seven years, excuse me, $9.75 million AAV. And uh, as people keep saying, why Columbus, Ian? Tell us, why Columbus? Well, namely, as we've mentioned before, he's the Flyers. Couldn't free up the camp space necessary to sign him. I would say mostly that, yeah. It's mostly that. (laughs) Um, It is funny to think that even if they had done that, like, he's like, oh, I just want to go to the Flyers. I'm like, dude, but the Flyers are a train wreck. Yeah, You're actually better off signing with Columbus at this point, which is crazy to say, but, like, you just are. Um, but I mean, Dude. also he went East just because he wanted to be closer to his, his family and his wife's family. And they got a kid coming and like, that's why and people keep asking. Yeah. But why? And I'm like, that's the why, man. That's the, I just answered for you. People always wonder fans mm-hmm. always wonder like, why can't this player just like take a discount to stay here? Or why wouldn't they just like take a little less money to go here or there? They've already made, you know, how many millions of dollars they don't need like the extra whatever to eight million dollars that's going to come out to over eight years or something for just an extra one million to go here versus there why does it matter just go where you want to go so he did and then people are like why would he do this and it's like he he took less money because he for the same reason everyone's always saying well you already have a lot of money right and it's like yeah he does so he took a little less and he went to where he wanted to go to and it was worth it to him uh, to be close to family and all that stuff. I know people are always like, he lives in Philly and it's so far away. And I got to tell you, and maybe, you know, you've driven a lot between Florida and Missouri, which is a relatively far drive, but I've driven a lot between St. Louis and the Twin Cities up in Minnesota. And that's about a nine hour drive. And once you do it a couple of times, man, it, it's it, not that it, long. It's not bad. It's not bad. Heck, a flight between there. Just think of that alone from you know, Calgary you to know Philly who can is a flights? lot longer. <laughs> Is freaking Johnny Goudreau. He can charter a plane and be in Philly in an hour and a half. You know, yeah, like, like it's very quick. I, no borders to cross. I uh, go comatose when I drive for 13 hours. I'll just like, I'll get towards my destination and I'll kind of look back on the day and I'm like, I remember none of this. <laughs> no time has passed. I don't know what's happened, but no time has passed. Um, yeah, and I mean, I I think the coolest part about this is just it's awesome for Calgary. I'm really hoping that signing Johnny Columbus. Goudreau, 
excuse me, Columbus. Because uh, it sucks. Yeah, Calgary. it sucks pretty hard for Calgary. I uh, am really hoping that signing Johnny Gaudreau sparks them to do a major franchise makeover because their sweater sucks. Yeah, that's, that's the worst. So that's hard. the worst part of the signing, uh, yeah. honestly, for me. I'm like, dude, you went from an amazing jersey to a really shit yeah, jersey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, I don't know if I'd have gone and bought a Gaudreau jersey anyway, but uh, friggin' Columbus, I'm not doing none of it. Free brand, um, you know, heavy rebrand. But it, it is really cool for them. I mean, you could tell from some of Yarmo Kikalainen's comments that it was like a weight lifted off his shoulder of this whole narrative of, you know, nobody's going to ever come to Columbus. Uh, and I, that would be awful to live with all the time because mm-hmm. you'd have to deal with that and feel like it's probably true a lot of the time. And now that Johnny Goudreau signed there, you can't say that no more, you know? Mm-hmm. And now Johnny Goudreau is going to always be a witness to other players saying, you know, actually Columbus pretty good. Um, so, you know, it's really cool for them. I, it's, it's been a really fun off season for the down bad teams. I feel mm-hmm. like, I think, you know, Columbus is on the rise. Ottawa's going friggin' nuts. Um, Detroit, you know, is, is a wagon a little bit. Anyone that um, signs David Perron. Anyone that signs David Perron becomes a wagon. Uh, you know, I think it's, I, I don't know if the dynamics, the power dynamics have totally shifted yet, but I definitely think there's a little bit of a change in the year. And it feels like some teams that really haven't been contenders are going to start to mess up uh, the Metro and the um, Atlantic a little bit next year. Mm-hmm. That's um, a big deal. Like, I think you you end up with teams like maybe Tampa that has a couple injuries here or there or or a Florida. And then those are the ones where you're like, oh, they had a really weird year. And so who replaced them? You're like, oh, shit, it's the Devils. Like, what the heck? Um, we haven't had one of those, I feel like, in a while. I feel like we've all, the whole NHL has been kind of towing the line of like, these are the good teams. These are the bad teams. And it's been that way for the last, like, I don't know, two, three years. And it's like, I'm looking for, give me give me a feisty one. Give me an Ottawa. Give me a, a, I don't know, Detroit, but yeah, Detroit, Columbus, somebody to punch back into the playoffs, break a little bit of a, a drought there and, and have some fun, especially some of these younger, younger rebuilding teams. Yeah. Yeah. I really think, um, I really think it's going to be a fun season. It'll be even more fun if Matthew Kachuk is the St. Louis boy, but um, I'm go. I think it will be, it's going to be a fun season. Uh, I really also just can't wait to watch a lot of Ottawa hockey next year, which I tell myself I'm going to do and then probably won't do as much as I'd like to think <laughs> I'm going to do. But, you know, in my head, uh, I would like to think that I'm going to watch a little, a lot of Ottawa hockey. Um, I say that like every off season when people get interesting, because I'm just so hard up for hockey where I'm like, man, I'm going to stay up and I'm going to watch again on Ducks games. Then early, like at six, somebody watching like yeah, an Ottawa game or like see who's facing Toronto and root for that team and stuff. And I'm always like, I just want so much hockey right now. Yeah, dude, it's legit. And I am so excited. Uh you know who can't possibly be excited for this this season is Philadelphia Flyers fans. Um they're the saddest franchise. You asked it as a question, I'm answering the question. I can't imagine. The Blackhawks are bad, but like the Blackhawks are already through the worst of it in a sense. Like this season's going to be miserable, but the prize at the end of the tunnel is Connor Bedard or the Russian guy or mm-hmm. 
a really good prospect and you're starting a rebuild. The Flyers are years from a rebuild. <laughs> uh, Ryan, Ellis, Ryan Ellis is perpetually hurt. Uh, Carter Hart is not good. Carter Hart needs to Carter start better <laughs> games as a goalie. Um, Got him. <laughs> Closure is gone to sign with Ottawa. Uh, Mike, Mike Chuck Fletcher traded for and signed Ristolainen last summer and then traded a second, third, and fourth round pick for Tony D'Angelo and then signed him for two years and $5 million. And those two contracts on the books made it impossible for them to sign Johnny Goudreau, who would have come there for any amount of money. You probably could have gotten him for nine flat to come to come to come mm-hmm. to friggin philadelphia but you couldn't do it and he signed nicholas delorier to a four-year 1.75 aav contract this is like this is the worst general manager in hockey it's not even close ken holland looks like fucking branch ricky compared to this guy Uh, (laughs) i don't like this is the he sucks so bad i know i'm influenced a little bit by steve dangle who hates chuck fletcher but like what has chuck fletcher ever done that was positive for his franchises ever nothing he's never improved a franchise he was not good in minnesota it's the same thing as mike yo as coach where it's like okay you weren't good in minnesota (laughs) and then we gave him a chance flyers gave him a chance and it's like you it's he's never been a good head coach and it's like Chuck Fletcher's never been a good GM. Like he just hasn't been, he's been middling at very best. If you're even being like extremely lenient with how you're grading him, he's terrible. I remember when they, when Philly got him, when they got rid of Hextall and I'm like, he went and got Chuck Fletcher, Jesus Christ. But again, it's one of those things like, well, see what he does in Philly. Well, you know, it's different, different city, different franchise, uh, you know, different prospect pool, all this stuff. And he, he fucked it all up. He fucked it all up. He's in, I, I want to say in like two years, but I think he's been there almost like three now or something like that. It's ridiculous. He's so bad. And he's, and like you said, at least the Blackhawks, they're maybe one step away in terms of like completing the digging to the bottom for the rebuild, right? Where it's like, well, Kane and Taves are staying or are they really? Um, but they're all, they're like almost there. The flyers are actively getting worse, like Mm -hmm. are moving away from the rebuild and getting worse to the point where then they're going to have to like start over from this like shitty cliff they've built up to, to dig back down and start going up the right path. And it's like those signings alone, Ristolain and D'Angelo, Deloria, it's like these Deloria is not even like a terrible player, but you're only almost giving that dude $2 million a year for four years to just be Mr. Tough Pants. Like, terrible it's awful and that's not even the worst contract you gave out this summer and it sucks and in a 20 team no trade list or 20 team sorry a 10 team no trade list a 20 team approved trade list why'd you give them any no trade list it's Gloria. who cares exactly some people hand that shit out like candy some gms are just like oh yeah 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 yeah. i just i just throw that on the bottom just for to spice it up for everybody i'm like dude stop (laughs) stop. if you if nick deloria was like i need that no trade clause or otherwise i'm not signing don't sign him yeah exactly (laughs) if he's gonna get that from somebody else you'd laugh at them then instead 
Um, they got to get the, it's the, they're in the worst spot because it's the thing where it's like you have to get rid of the GM first. Like he's not going to rebuild this team. So like you already have to get a new GM like, like the Blackhawks have already and start over. So he's not, he's not attached to any of these players whatsoever. And he's like, all right, we're trading pieces right and left, right and left. Cause they just, no one on that team is that compelling. Like who do they have? Kevin Hayes. They've got, uh, Connect me, connect, connect me. They've got uh, the one that's not Drew, though. I was saying uh, Couturier. Their their prospects have been just kind of eh. like they've got Morgan Frost. He's been kind of like a bit of a letdown thus far. They got Owen Tippett. Owen Tippett looks kind of funzy, uh, but like I don't know, man. Their prospect pool doesn't look all that compelling either. So it's like, what do you? What are you doing, man? They're holding on for dear life and hoping for relevancy. And I feel like, especially with the signing or the addition of um, Tortorella behind the bench, they're mm-hmm. just really hoping he's going to push all those magic buttons and get them, like everyone blocking shots. This team's going to win games 2 1 in overtime uh, in the shootout and will them into a playoff spot. And they'll be like, look, we're in the playoffs. This is good. We're moving upwards. <laughs> and it's like, no, dude, this is such a, like, just, smoke and mirrors smoke and mirrors all day you gotta get rid of tortorella you gotta get rid of your gm like spoiler alert unless i find a different <laughs> a different team this is they're the bottom of the misery index like oh my god yeah so bad that's stay tuned incredible. for team 31 that's um, right who could it ever be boy oh boy yeah it's I so just... sad because they were so they've they were relevant even up to like i don't know three years ago two years ago or whatever and Mm -hmm. so quickly they've been chopped up and just decimated like i never in my in my young hockey fandom of whatever last like 14 years or so thought the flyers would even be allowed to be bad like i get they're not the montreal canadians or or the trauma place and stuff but they are like an historic franchise and mm-hmm. they have a very rabid fan base and that expect a lot out of them. And now they, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> They're not good. It's really, I mean, it's shocking how bad they are. And it, it, you take it all back to that point when they were like, well, you know, when Ron Hextall was like, well, we probably got to rebuild this guys. I don't know how we turn this around and make it a good thing. And they were like, all right, uh, we've got another idea. You're fucking fire. Uh- <laughs> That's right. That's why they got Chuck Fletcher. But they yeah. picked between Fletcher and some other guy and they picked Fletcher because he's like, nah, I don't think we got to rebuild. Just He's a moron. And you were like, yeah, we're getting with the morons. Team. Dude, Chuck Fletcher is a yes man. That's how he's had a job this whole time. Mm, um, that's a good point. So, Philly. Are the Phillies any good? The 76ers, um, they're yeah, all they're right, pretty good. Right? They're solid. They're solid. Are the Eagles any good? Um, no, they're terrible. Oh. Well, uh, the 76ers process has been being trusted for. Um, you know, like a decade now. Trust so, the process. Uh, yeah, it's um, I don't know. They're they're such a they're such a crap hole franchise, and I honestly feel bad for them. But uh, 
you know, that's, that's the truth. That's, that's where it is. I used to really like them. That's the sad thing. I used to really kind of be a surrogate Flyers fan. And now it's like, can't be that. They're terrible. Um, Danny Breer's in their front office. Get out of there, Danny. Run. Yeah. Go back to the Sabres. (laughs) Uh, So that's the reality of the Flyers. I'm trying to think if there's other, other NHL news we need to cover. Nino Nieder writers out there, sneaky. If we clear some extra salary cap space, Nino Nieder writer, I feel like a sneaky, sneaky ad mm. that the Blues will not I make. Like but that. I would like to see that. Jeffrey dies at 81. Which one? Jeffrey. Um, Larry Jeffrey, the goalie for the Maple Leafs in the 60s. Well, that's mm. sad. Um, yeah, so. I think I think we've covered everything. We've talked ad nauseum about Matthew Kachuk. He's got to come here. You got to go. Um, <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I really want him, and I'm not going to sleep very well until he's a blue. That's right. The but, summer you know, don't start till Kachuk gets here yeah exactly that's right it's a kesha song all over um anything else you want to say before we sign off i don't know why i've been yawning so much today it's late where you are it's it's 10 29 that's true that's true um go see top gun i haven't seen it yet but i'm going to try and see it this weekend (laughs) you still haven't seen it no i hope it's still in theaters if not I'm bet it's a, I bet it's a, if it's not in theaters around here, but it's in one of those weird theaters out in like Warrington where they're like, hey, we still got freaking movies from last year. Oh, yeah. Um, We're still showing LA, uh, La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> we just got La La Land. <laughs> Folks are going La La over La La Land and Moscow Mills. <laughs> <laughs> tweet us, tweet us if you live in Moscow Mills. Uh, Give us a shout out for yeah, the Mills. Right. Also, you know, have you considered changing the name over the last six months or so? You know, mm. I don't know. Moscow, pretty rough, pretty rough. This guy, this, somebody tweeted a picture of like a Bugatti in a carport at like a trailer park. And it said Elias Lindholm on the flames after Kachuk gets traded. <laughs> oh, that poor guy. I, I, uh, I almost wish the flames had more things about them well i wish they had more things about them i could like hate and they were like mean and like a terrible franchise because then like you deserve this but i feel bad because i'm like i don't think like you said i'm like i don't think you really did anything (laughs) to deserve this uh, other than being in canada um i mean that is your fault so sorry calgary you do deserve this yeah, they are Calgarian and Canadian and therefore bad. Frankie's losing it. He's fucking uh, pissed. <laughs> he says, Matthew Kachuk doesn't come here. I'm going to tear up another toy. Either yeah. Way. Um, so that's it. We'll call it there. I'm not going to pretend, you know. Maybe maybe tomorrow the Blues will get Matthew Kachuk, the Cardinals will get Juan Soto, and I'll die of a massive coronary 
immediately, just a stroke on the spot. Um, but until then, until Matthew Kachuk is a blue or something else happens, um, this is the Two Guys One Cup podcast. You've listened to it. Go tend to your cats or go tend to your humans if you are cats. And we'll talk to you real soon. See you.